So here we're starting off our first podcast of Quantum Buddha. This is a podcast that's going to be about science, spirituality and self-mastery. Uh, the podcast was inspired by a conversation I had with my friend Anant. Uh, he is uh, experienced with meditation uh, and we had a really great conversation about his experiences and the retreat that he's about to go on next week. So that's an experience that most people are probably never going to have in their lives. It's, it's quite an out there experience, I think. And I thought it'd be interesting to just get his understanding of, um, you know, what's his experience with meditation, what's the reason he's going on in this retreat, and what does he expect from it. So um, let's get started. So Anant, do you want to just uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Um, and then we'll go into the question. Hi, yeah. Um, so as, as well as being your friend, I'm also your cousin. Yes, important bit of information um yeah so i've been uh, uh, uh by trade i'm a doctor and uh, at medical school i started uh, getting getting into meditation um mainly as a uh, initially as a self-improvement tool but then i uh, the more i got into it the more i realized that i actually didn't like the self-improvement aspect that much um and uh, since then i've been using it more as a way to connect with myself um and connect with the world and just like with any habit just like with anybody um you, you probably people probably talk about it more than they actually do it uh so i've been i've been meditating on and off for for, for years and just like with with anything in life it can be really hard to get a uh consistent practice in um but well, yeah while i was at university i started a meditation society and then through that i was eventually running my own meditation sessions and then since since graduating five years ago i've continued to run meditation sessions for for various charities that my friends run for teaching sessions for for, for doctors for other healthcare staff um, and also over lockdown for friends and family fantastic thank you for sharing that um yeah very important point i'm your cousin as well um so that's amazing i think what you've been doing as well in terms of like you say not just uh talking about meditation but actually putting it into practice uh helping other people to put it into practice as well um especially people like doctors who you know they deal with so much stress uh on a daily basis uh it's really important to be able to manage that and meditation helps so the thing i want to start with the question i want to ask you is what is meditation to you what does it mean to meditate uh that yeah that's uh, that's really really important question um for me i think of meditation as a it's it, it essentially refers to a practice so it refers to the actual behavior of the actual exercise and um the, it, it's it's essentially an exercise in cultivating mindfulness so now this is the, the, these two terms are often used um interchangeably and, and i think i've seen that more especially as uh, as as uh, as um as this area as this area has become more of an interest to the world in the last last few years and uh more broadly in the last few decades um is is that these two terms have been used interchangeably um but for me, mindfulness is the state. It's simply like, as the name suggests, it's just being mindful of something. It literally just means being aware of something. And then meditation is the exercise or the practice through which you cultivate mindfulness or cultivate awareness. Um, and this can this can take many forms. There's there's all kinds of uh, of different meditations. Also, the 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 classic one that people know is when you're when you're kind of sitting down focusing on your breath um and and, and, tr and kind of trying not to focus on anything else um but then there's also there's also all kinds of walking meditations um and all other types of meditation there's also other ways to cultivate mindfulness which are not or i wouldn't class as meditation such as um there's a practice called mindful eating which they they were researching a few years ago about if you eat in a certain way with an awareness of what you're eating they were hoping that it actually led to people to enjoying their food more and ultimately eating less so i thought that it would that kind of a practice would help with weight loss um so it's yeah i guess i guess it's a very it's a very long-winded way of um of explaining what meditation is no i appreciate that and i appreciate you went into mindfulness and mindful eating as well because i've definitely come across these terms and i think a lot of people may be confused as well what is the difference between meditation and mindfulness for example um 
and I think you've hit the nail on the head there, you know, meditation is a way of cultivating mindfulness through practice. So um, just to give my thoughts on this as well. Um, so for me, mindfulness is exactly what you mentioned, like awareness. It's the ability to have space to be aware of what's going on and to not be completely um, sort of taken over by your animal instincts, your, your you know, monkey mind, as it is called in the chimp paradox, and the ability to sort of have a more conscious experience of the world around you um, by having that space. And the way that you create that space is through meditation, by practicing creating that space when you're meditating, um, you're able to then take that into your life and be able to create that space just in your life as you're living on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, whilst you're meditating, you know, often you have thoughts, you have uh, feelings that come up, you'll be thinking about something that happened earlier today, or you might be thinking about the future. And the point of meditation, at least that I understand, is just to practice that ability to, you know, have a thought take over your mind and get distracted by it and then bring yourself back to the present awareness. So as you practice this again and again and again, you'll be able to create that space that I mentioned in your life as well. So yeah, like, like you said as well, you know, different ways of meditating. Um, I, you know, have found that some activities can be quite meditative, you know, to do yoga or to do um, running sometimes when you're running, I find it can be meditative as well in that, you know, you, sometimes you experience a feeling when you're running where you are just so caught up in being present with your run because of the physical experiences of your body that you stop thinking about everything else that's going on in your life and um, you're just completely present with being in your run. And again, that's the point, it's to come back to just being present in your experience of life. So yeah, thank you for sharing your experiences. I share what my understanding is as well. Um, so on that note, would you like to guide us on a meditation and, and maybe we can show the people what it feels like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, uh, I'd like to do a mountain meditation. Um, so, so, so this essentially the, the, this is quite a nice one because it's it's actually more of a of a of a vi visualization type of meditation where what we're going to be doing is we're just going to be spending a few minutes essentially imagining yourself on a, on on a beautiful mountain top um and and just seeing seeing what you can imagine and cultivating uh the the presence of being on the mountain um so to start with See if you're, see if you're, make sure you're sitting comfortably. You can be sitting on the floor, in a chair, uh, however you feel comfortable. There's no right or wrong way to do this. There's, in fact, there's no, when it comes to meditation, there's, there's no concept of doing it correctly, doing it incorrectly. That doesn't exist at all in this practice. Um, but once, once you're ready, once you're in a, a comfortable position you can have your have your hands on your lap on your knees arms hanging down however you like um and what we'll do is we'll just start by trying to bring awareness to your body so see if you can see if you can be aware of how you're sitting aware of your uh, uh, of, of your bum in the chair aware of the sensations in your feet sensations in your hand your legs, your hips, your back. Just, just be aware of them. Don't judge them. And note, it's being aware of bodily sensations is very different to thinking about the sensations. And then, when you're ready, allow your eyes to close. Just start bringing awareness to your breath. Breathing in through the nose. And breathing out through the mouth. Notice with every breath 
the rise and fall of your chest, feeling of air going into your nostrils. There's no need to adopt any special breathing patterns. However quickly or deeply your body is wanting to breathe, let it do that. And just breathe with awareness of the present moment. Remember, if you do find yourself having other thoughts, you find yourself getting distracted by anything at all, whether it's thoughts, other sounds, other sensations, congratulate yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back because just noticing just noticing that's happened is itself a moment of mindfulness. And if it does happen, note it down and bring your awareness back to your breath. Now, as you sit here, just Start to form an image in your mind of a beautiful mountain. It can be one you know, one you've seen, or one that you're imagining and making up. Let it gradually come into focus within your mind. Now, even if it's not a visual image, allow yourself to get a sense of the mountain, its overall shape, its peaks, its base, and its slopes. Notice how big this mountain is, how solid it is, how it's still and not moving. And where they you're imagining yourself sitting on the mountain or staring at it from afar. Take a moment to consider how beautiful it is. Maybe a mountain has snow, trees, streams or waterfalls, meadows or lakes. When you're ready, bring the mountain into your own body so that your body and the mountain become one. So that you share in the stillness and majesty of the mountain. becoming the mountain. 
with each breath. Become a little more like a breathing mountain. Alive and yet still. Being nothing but what you are. Grounded, unmoving presence. As the sun travels across the sky, as the mountain surface teems with life and activity, our night follows day, day follows night. The mountain just sits, experiencing change in every moment, yet always being itself. It remains just as it is, as the seasons change from one to another, and the weather changes moment by moment. As you sit here in meditation, you can experience that unwavering stillness and groundedness of the mountain. In the face of constant change within your own life, whether that's over seconds or over years. mind, the body, and the outer world are constantly changing. So the next minute, so continue to sustain your own mountain in silence, moment by moment. And when you're ready, in your own time, open your eyes and come back into the room. That's the end of the meditation. Wow. That was really powerful. I really felt that stillness uh, and groundedness of being a mountain and you know just to share some of my experience of doing the meditation with you um, I found myself thinking of the mountain in Vancouver that 
I, I would see every day when I was living there across the water and just imagine myself being that mountain it, you know that was such a uh, fixture in my life you know that mountain was always there one of the things I love about Vancouver and about so, uh, Cape Town as well for example is that there's these large looming mountains that are always there you can see them from any point in the city and that really helped me I think with the groundedness of it and also brought back a lot of happy memories of Vancouver and I found my mind drifting to reflections of my travels um, I found my mind drifting to thinking about this podcast that we're doing and like the timing of it thinking about the things that I need to do later today um, you know so all sorts of different things and I just kept bringing myself back to my breath whenever I noticed that I'd been distracted like you suggested yeah that's uh that's amazing that's uh that that's exactly what what it's about is in in that you're gonna have other thoughts you're gonna think about other things um but it, it almost doesn't matter what meditation you're doing whether it's one like this where you're imagining yourself on a mountain whether it's a body scan meditation where you're being aware of different body parts whether it's um just a mindfulness of breath where you're being aware of your breathing all of those things they're just really all they are is they're a grounding point they're a focal point for you to for you yeah. to keep coming back to while your while your mind goes on its on its little adventures every every few seconds or every every minute or two yeah yeah exactly and um the other thing i wanted to mention is that there's a book called the mountain is you um i haven't actually read it but just that it also made me think of that book and you know just again the point of this visualization imagining that you are the mountain and yeah that was a really powerful connection for me so i think just visualization in general for me tends to be the most powerful way to meditate because it like i say it just gives me something to focus on and sometimes it, when i visualize something of my own past experience it helps me to be more focused and more grounded because i can latch on to the this thing that i'm familiar with um so yeah, just sharing these thoughts because I think it could be helpful to people to maybe understand like how I meditate, how you meditate. Um, and just one more thing I want to share was just kind of a feeling of calm that I got, like that groundedness. It results in a feeling of just calm, but also like heightened awareness, um, a heightened sense of like energy as well. I would say like I feel calm yet energetic i don't know if there's a word for that but that's how i'm feeling and it's a really amazing feeling to be honest with you mm. yeah I've, I've actually i've got that i've got that book on my shelf i'm looking at it right now the mountain is you by brianna west i think uh <laughs> my uh, uh a friend bought it for me i still haven't still haven't picked up and read it but i i i may do so now um yeah so it's it is definitely a calm energy and i think i would i would just call that awareness because um because you're you're grounded you're present um and 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 you're aware because you feel you 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 feel you're calmer but you feel more awake mm. exactly yeah more awake that's a good way of putting it so this is really good uh, point to lead into you know really the reason i brought you on the call today was obviously you know having led this meditation with me it's clear that you have a lot of experience with meditation um and I guess I want to ask you, you know, where did that come from? Um, how did you sort of uh, cultivate the ability to meditate? How did you cultivate the ability to guide meditations? I know you talked a little bit at the start, just a little introduction about yourself, but this is really just diving a bit deeper into your experiences um, before we talk about the retreat as well. Yeah, so so my, my origins for for how i got into this was i was at a stage of my life at, at, at university probably as every uh, every young person does um where like i just wanted to be better i just wanted i, I, I was I, I was kind of um almost pursuing a, a a ruthless a ruthless drive to look at every every aspect and every weakness i had in life and just try and address it um and i thought i kind of stumbled upon meditation and thought hey 
there's this activity which if I do it, it might improve my focus, might make me calmer, might help, help my brain function, make me make me function a little bit better and just basically basically make, give me a better memory, better attention and make me a bit smarter in the process. So why wouldn't I do that? Um, and, and as I said, that was why I started doing meditation. Um, think th th things didn't things didn't quite work out. Way. I'm still I'm still a massive idiot in a lot of ways. Um, and it's not it's not a practice that that really transforms you or gives you gives you superpowers. Uh, as as you as you were saying earlier, really everything in, in meditation ultimately just comes down to that little gap that it forms in your thoughts, that tiny little gap of awareness that separates thought from another thought or action from reaction. Um, and there's, there's so much, so much science about everything that meditation does to your brain, everything it does to people, all kinds of different conditions it helps with. But ultimately, that gap is all of what it's all about. Um, and so that's, I've, that, that's how I've kind of developed over the years from starting it as that, as, uh, or, or starting it for a different reason, and then finding a different reason to continue doing it. Um, and when I when I started the society at uh, at university, what I found was that a lot of the people that were that were coming to us and coming coming to our meditation sessions was really because they uh, that a, 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 a lot of them did have diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health conditions, mainly depression and anxiety. And they were just looking for another tool to manage it. And very sadly, some people were also coming because um, at that time, uh, university counseling services and mental health services were very oversubscribed. And so they were basically coming coming to us for a, um, as a stopgap um, between between them getting more professional help. Um, I, I felt a bit uncomfortable about this at the time, so I just wanted to I just wanted to start a society for my my hobby and I wasn't really prepared or set up to actually be you know you know being being a student to actually offer proper help or treatment to, to people with mental health issues but in the end of the day I think I think they just appreciated having that time having that space and using it as an adjunct um, and, uh, and, and and so that's that's really where I got started with all this. Well, I mean, that's amazing that you were able to help people like that. And like you said, not necessarily because that was what you were aiming to do, but just that was what you created a space for um, from following your passion, following your hobby. And I think that's a really important point that I want to come back to. But um, just one thing to start with, you said, you know, you were at a point at university where you just wanted to be better. Um, I just wanted to ask you about that. Where did that come from? You know, what is it that led you to have that feeling? Because I think some people have that feeling other people don't have that feeling and maybe develop it later in life um etc so yeah where did that come from what 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 is it that kind of got you to that point where you said you want to be better usually i find it comes from you know some kind of experience some kind of pain something that makes you feel i want to be better because i don't want to be not better if that makes sense so what was that experience for you um Difficult. So I, I I don't really know where it came from. Um, I I think I think I was just I was uh, I was just I was just a young man, kind of going around thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm the man, and I need to I need to prove that to 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 everyone in the world. Um, but I probably at that time I was also, in all honesty, probably a bit more a bit more ambitious than I am now, or a bit more guang ho uh, about my ambition. Um, and I think I I don't think there's any kind of deeper reason as to as to why I pursued it, or at least not one that I've discovered yet. I think it really was it really it really was just I was like if I can if I can improve things with you know you know the co the cost the cost is ten minutes a day for for meditation the cost is ten minutes a day, but I can then make make savings in in other aspects of my life to get get those 10 minutes back um because i was also wasting a lot of time just doing stupid things and uh so for the cost of 10 minutes a day to actually at the time my thinking was if that actually gives me better sleep gives me better mood gives me better concentration better mental ability um and just generally levels me up as a person then that 10 minutes a day is a price 
price worth paying. So it was it, it was really just a just a value judgment more than anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point you brought up as well. I think about the ten minutes a day thing, and I, this is why I'm kind of trying to dig into this a little bit and trying to understand because I think a lot of people understand kind of on the surface level the value of meditation, and they're like, oh yeah, I want to meditate more. Right? I wish I meditated more or, you know, that sort of thing. But you actually sat down and created that structure, created that habit and routine for yourself to do it. So um, that's part of why I'm asking is like, how did you actually get over whatever resistance you had enough to actually create the routine? Um, and it sounds like a big part of it was, you know, you kind of just convinced yourself it was the right reason, like you said, a value judgment, but, you know, to, to help people who are listening was there anything that helped you in actually creating the the habit um yeah nothing nothing that's particularly unique to meditation um but i think just like in creating any habit in life um because i when you go through life you yourself or uh, i've not just seen myself and i'm sure you've seen with yourself and you've seen with other people as well is that people will will go We'll, we'll kind of go all in on something new, whatever new project, habit, um, passion, or or activity it is, and then they'll they'll suddenly just stop and then they won't they won't do it anymore. And we all we we, we um you know we, we 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 see this with all kinds of things. Um, so I think I think really more generally the keys to creating good habit is for me you need to have a very like or at least a reasonably strong why. So you need to answer um, why you're doing something, and especially for something like like meditation, it's got to be that why needs to be grounded in one of your core principles or or values. Um, and I think for me, one of my one of my core principles or or values um, at the time was performance, and at least performing performing well in life, whether physically or cognitively. Uh, and then the reason my own meditation habits and my own views and or meditation change over the years is that they're now more it's now more grounded in my values of kind of health and 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 and, and, and self care and uh, and co contributing as fully as I can to myself and to the world um, and so and so so, so there's that so you need to have a good strong motivating reason um, and then you need to not go not go too hard too early like if you've never been to the gym before you wouldn't go in and start trying to lift the heaviest weight you can you just want to get started establish the habit first um learn 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 the movements that you're doing learn the exercises same same meditation any other habit just get started a bit slower and build just build the habit of turning up um and really for for, for these for these things in life at least to begin with just turning up in life is 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 half the battle um and so even if you only end up doing one or two minutes of meditation a day just consistently setting that time either in the morning or the evening or wherever it is having the same time every day just to sit there and and uh, and and meditate um and like i said it doesn't have to be 10 minutes uh, there's no there's no right or wrong time to do there's no minimum amount of time you do if, it, if it's 30 seconds it's 30 seconds the important part is that you turn up uh, and that those things will build a habit over time. Like I said, even e even with all of that, I've still gone periods of my life where I've not sat and done any formal meditation practice. Sometimes for weeks or months on end, um, and 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 that's just because it's uh, you know it's not it, 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 it's not a core habit that like like showering or brushing your teeth or or, or eating. At least at, at least not for me. Those are kind of those kind of core habits that that. I, I, I couldn't live without whereas when when life gets in the way other habits tend to fall by the wayside and and for me meditation has been a victim of that yeah i really appreciate well. that um understanding and I, I think um just to add to that um i've read a book at the start of the year mini habits um that really helped me to build the habit of running um and i started by running just one minute every day and like i say the the goal was just to turn up um, and create the habit and then I eventually was running you know 10 minutes and 20 minutes however long I was running and now I'm traveling actually that habit's changed I now only run once a week because 
um, it's you know just more practical and feasible for me to do that. I can stick to once a week, whereas I can't stick to once a day, but I go for longer runs. So you know your habits can change over time as well to what you need them to be. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to share that. I think that that book is a fantastic book, Mini Habits, um, that helped me to do that. But um, exactly like you said as well, uh, you know, about it being a, not a core habit and sort of falling to the wayside sometimes. It, actually, in one of the meditations that I did uh, with Headspace, I learned a really valuable lesson, which is, you know, just like in meditation, where you find yourself distracted, you find yourself away from the present awareness and you find yourself caught up in your thoughts and then eventually you bring yourself back to your present awareness and you'll find this life can be like that too often you know you find that you know you'll get distracted by life and you won't meditate for a couple of weeks or days or months whatever it is and then eventually you'll bring yourself back to the practice because you built the habit in the past and it's valuable enough for you and like I said, just, it's just that kind of, that understanding of that exact same flow of being distracted and coming back to the present that happens in meditation, also happening in life with the practice of meditation. That was just a huge moment for my understanding and just being a lot more accepting of the times when life gets in the way and just feeling like, it's okay, I'm going to go back to it eventually, like I, I will bring myself back to meditation, I'll bring myself back to it. And that's was just powerful for me. Yeah. No, it's great, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So um just wanted to move on a little bit now and talk about this retreat that you're going on. Um so uh, is it is it uh, a Vipassana? I think so my brother Shiv went on Vipassana. Is it the same one or is it a different one? No, so this is um, it's in a place called uh, Sharpen, which is in 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 Devon. Um, uh, the the Sharpen Trust is a is a local charity, and they run all kinds of different um, amazing things. They've got, they've got beautiful they've got beautiful grounds, wonderful buildings, um, lovely woodlands, and they run all kinds of various um, different events. And so I was actually I was actually messaging my uh, my my friend's mother, who's a retired GP, who's uh, she's um, she, she she's a practicing Buddhist as well. And she's really since she's retired, she's really gone on a lot of very intense silent retreats and been been doing large amounts of meditation. So I messaged her for recommendations, and this was one of the one of the ones that she suggested. And when I looked up, I was like, wow, this place is it's absolutely beautiful. They've got all kinds of amazing, amazing uh, events going on as well. They're usually multi-night events. So there's a, they've got like mindfulness for beginners courses, mindful walking, um, foraging for food and medicine events, food fermenting workshops, uh, real rewilding um, experiences, and then all kinds of different meditation retreats. The one, the one that I'm going on, is like a, it's a yoga and meditation retreat so it'll basically be four four days of of, uh, of yoga and meditation i think they, there will also be a little bit of rewilding some mindful walking um a lot of it will be outdoors in the uh in in the woods and um they've, they've also got some wonderful uh great two listed buildings of course are surrounded by by a designated area of outstanding natural beauty um over uh, 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 over in Devon so it's uh it's um it's it's just gonna be a very very wholesome lovely few days okay um and that sounds amazing honestly I'm very excited to hear about your experience and um yeah, for, for you to tell me about it afterwards but uh I guess my question here is what made you decide to go on the retreat and the reason I ask this is because um in my mind um the idea of going on a retreat sounds like quite an intense experience um and again like i said one that most people would maybe think oh that's too much for me um and you know just i i, I don't think yours is like a fully silent retreat like shiv's one was but um just the idea of kind of just being in that environment for five days straight i mean i i can meditate for 10 minutes like 20 minutes i've done an hour-long meditation before um but to sort of to go away from my usual life and 
to spend time in a meditation retreat, I would think would be quite a, a big decision to take a week off just to do that, let's say, um, where I could maybe take a week off to go on holiday, for example. I'm not saying that uh, you you know, you should have chosen to go on holiday, but I'm saying I think that it's a decision to choose this over something else like a holiday. So what is the reason that you did make this choice? So I I view this as a holiday. I mean I'm I'm going I'm going staying in staying in a beautiful great two listed building full full room board getting fed uh getting fed every day three meals a day and uh, and and doing some doing some wonderful activities for a few days so it absolutely is a holiday. I I had some time off uh, in between uh, it's in between two sets of night shifts I had a few days off and so I thought um why not why not because i i i the other the other retreats that i was looking at were actually probably close to the intensity you're describing because uh, unfortunately the the dates didn't line up for me but i was initially looking at more intense buddhist ones so mm -hmm. the, the the ones that are much more uh, actually grounded in proper buddhist practice and it's where it's where you're, you you are meditating throughout the entire day. They're silent, you're silent the entire time, just like what your brother did. And you're um, you you don't eat you don't eat after twelve. So you eat you, you wake up at like five a.m. You have breakfast at eight o'clock. You have lunch at about midday, and then you don't you don't eat the rest of the day. So those so to, compared compared to that, I think what I'm doing is actually actually very mild indeed. Uh, and I'm actually kind of relishing the opportunity to um, to be somewhere for a few days just be be alone with my own consciousness not not gonna have my phone not gonna no no intense obligations on me as a person um not nothing else to do but engage in the activities of the retreat and i think it's um i, th I think for me it's rooted in the belief that actually a lot of the time what i want and probably what a lot of uh, humans in general are seeking is not so much peace of mind but peace from mind um, and what this does is by by taking me out of my normal environment, by taking me away from away from work stress, uh, by not having access to any technology, et cetera, et cetera, all of those things that kind of send your mind triggering, send your mind digesting information, send your mind thinking about things are all of a sudden removed. And all you're left with is you're left, you're left with yourself, you're left there to contemplate, you're left with your own thoughts and your mind, if it wants to, is able to wonder and actually think more deeply um, about things. Uh, and and I think I think that's something that we lose we we lose a lot in in modern life because I've realised that I just don't take enough time to just to literally just sit and exist without without doing something without having any uh, any more burdens placed upon me um, and so that that that's kind of that's kind of what what drove me to choose a retreat was that it it it, for, it, it forces it forces that situation on you. Yeah, that's a really interesting choice of words that it forces that choice on you. Um, and, and, and I guess that's my point is that, you know, like I was saying, I think a lot of people wouldn't choose to force themselves into that situation. They would take, let's say, uh, a different, more, um, like a, a path of least resistance, let's say, whereas I would say you're taking a path of more resistance because, like you're saying, it's forcing that situation on you. Uh, but more importantly, there's one thing you mentioned there that about, um, you know, not having your phone. And the other part of that is uh, about sort of sitting with your thoughts. Um, and I want to just touch on these two things. You know, I think people nowadays are quite addicted to technology. This is not a hot take at all. Um, me, myself, for sure, I can say that I use my phone too much. And every so often I try and do a bit of a digital detox. Um, to help me just, you know, I put my phone on grayscale. Um, I try and use it as minimally throughout the day as possible. You know, just spend a day, a day um, on non-digital activities, essentially, to try and sort of break myself away from that sort of addictiveness of your phone. Um, and so my point here is that I think so a lot of people would struggle with um, being away from their phone for so long. And the other part of that, like I said, is sitting with your thoughts. Um, that can be quite a scary idea because, um, you know, I like thinking deeply, you know, I, I, but the way that I tend to think deeply is I give myself a particular focus to think about. You know, I do something that's called cave time, 
um, which is where I go and sit in a, um, you know, a cafe or, or some sort of private place where it's just me, there's no distractions, and I just have a notebook in front of me, a pen, and time to just think about a particular focus or problem. And uh, I just, you know, you know, usually spend the first 20 minutes just kind of like, what do I even write? What am I thinking about? I have no idea. Just kind of distracted almost. But then eventually allowing the, the deeper thoughts to come in about this particular problem or, or focus of mine and start to get the thoughts out of me and start to write. And I do that for about 90 minutes at a time. This is a practice that's called cave time. I learned this from Property Entrepreneur. Um, and the point is that I'm trying to make, I can focus deeply for periods of time. Again, coming back to having done meditation for an hour, I can do it for an hour. Um, but then to sort of just sit very freely, freely with your thoughts, um, I think can be scary for a lot of people. You know, sometimes you have past sort of traumas and emotional things that come up, you know, your demons, your fears, your anxieties, you know, your doubts, all of these sorts of things can come to your mind. Um, and that can be a bit scary. Um, and I think that's a reason why people avoid it and why people wouldn't want to do that. So I guess I'm sort of posing these two parts, two points to you. Um, number one of, of being away from your phone for so long and number two of sitting with your thoughts and possibly having scary thoughts come up. You know, what what is your thoughts about that? What's your experiences with that? And uh, how do you feel about being away from your phone? How do you feel about the idea of like these different kinds of thoughts coming up in your mind? And how do you handle it? I mean, um, it's what's supposed to happen. So, so I think you, you, you make a lot of really good points and, and you do see that, that as soon as, as soon as people have any moment, uh, silence in their day to day life or, or any moment where they're not focused on a particular thing, like, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're sitting on the train, waiting in line at the, the coffee shop, whatever, people will pull their phones out. I mean, so, 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 uh, so sometimes I'm a bit nosy and I try, I try and look at, look at what people are doing. And really most of it is just distraction. They're, they're browsing yeah. like Instagram posts, looking at TikTok videos or playing, playing, um, playing games or, or whatever. Uh, and, and so it's like, it's, it's really low, low value, low value, um, activity. They're engaged in something that probably, probably doesn't really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to judge. Maybe it does bring them, bring them huge amounts of joy and satisfaction, like, but I suspect probably not. Um, and, uh, it's, it, the, the neuroscience is quite interesting because it's found that they've, they've essentially identified a cluster of neurons in your, in your brain, which actually oh, wow. light up when you uh when you're not thinking about anything or when you're not thinking about anything in particular so when you're not focused on a particular task when you're not uh when you're not actually engaged directly intensely thinking about something when you're kind of in more of the mind wandering state uh it's it's a cluster of neurons called the default mode network and what they found that, that these are involved in is that when this these groups of nerves activate uh it it seems to be associated with people just reflecting often kind of reflecting about about their own lives in particular reflecting about their social relationships um because i think hum humans are very very hardwired to reflect intensely um on on on, on social aspects of life but they're also just you kind of reflecting on your place in the world and, and just generally generally daydreaming and thinking about things and this and so to an extent uh day daydreaming is actually a very important and very very healthy state of mind to be in and it's one that with the with the advent of technology, we we completely completely um, kind of knocked out, and so it can be very uncomfortable for for people for people to get get back into it because instead we're constantly kind of getting these little these little hits all day, these little bits of information, and and, and I think that the key the key with phones, I think, is the fact that you have access to so much information. The, and it's the novelty aspect of it. And there's always something new, 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 new. And the brain, the brain is always hardwired to chase new things rather than things you've you've had before. Um, and this, the, the, this is partially why it can be so uncomfortable to then go for a period of time 
without your phone because you've been doing it for so long that you've you're suddenly you've rewired your brain to essentially expect these uh, expect the novelty expect the stimulation expect the information and suddenly take that away and it doesn't know what to do with itself because it's not been in practice of uh, of of just being present everything allowing everything to be as it is and even just to just to wonder and reflect on things yeah yeah definitely i i mean i think um i'm not sure if you heard the phrase boredom is the mother of creativity you know you have to let yourself get bored to let your sort of sort of mind come up with something to fulfill that boredom itself rather than from an external place and you like you say you end up daydreaming end up with creativity often uh, end up coming up with ideas because you've allowed yourself to just wander and, and be bored and it's really interesting you mentioned the neuroscience of it and I really love that um, I'm very very interested in science um, and also the specific thing you mentioned the default mode network it's really funny I was reading a book this morning called Solve for Happy by Mo Gauda and it talks about this idea of your default state as a human like if you were to uh, take a phone that was at factory settings it operates in a particular way that's how it's intended to function and your default state as a human you can look at a baby that's just been born what does it do uh, when its needs are fulfilled so when it has food when it has shelter when it has um you know protection from pain whatever um then it's just joy you know it's just happy a baby uh, or a small child is just unabashedly happy and lives completely in the present moment it has no other way to be so the point really is just that sort of idea of that default state that default mode when you let go of all of the stimulus and you just allow yourself to exist you know so the quote is that happiness is just the absence of unhappiness um and i just thought that was very important to sorry very very interesting to to bring up yeah i mean i mean yeah i guess i guess you uh, the, the, another way I've heard that expressed is that, like ha happiness is just what happens when you when you remove all the things that make you unhappy. Yeah, 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 exactly. So same idea. Um, so I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the retreat. Then, like, what is it you're expecting from it? Um, you know, what what would you like to gain from it uh, or to to experience? So I really just want to. Um, I've recently restarted my meditation practice in a proper way and built uh, a good amount of consistency in and been able to actually engage with it daily. And so I just want to just want to build on that room um, just to just really get into it, uh, have, have a few days of, of, of greater intensity so that I can I can come back and kind of supercharge my own practice um, and and also just I think there is probably a degree a degree of uh, of escapism involved, you know, work work, work and life stress just build up, and so eventually you're just like, you know, what? Let me just let me let, 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 let me just get away from everything for a few days. So that that's probably where the holiday aspect um, come comes into it. Uh, and but but it would just be nice to to, to have some peace, as I said, peace from mind, um, and and whittle whittle down my whittle down my existence to the bare bones basics and the um and and, and and just some kind of gentle wholesome activities amazing um is there anything that you're hoping to uh experience or is there anything that you're hoping to get out of it um you know just again i think just to help people understand um more about what that choosing that experience would be like and what for what they might expect as well um I, I think I think it'll probably be easy for me to talk about this after uh, after the retreat because I I tend I tend not to I tend not to go into into things with a uh, with with expectations anymore because because I I, 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 I find that I'm I'm more at peace with with basically just saying this whatever it is in my life saying this is happening you let it happen um, and so and so I find that if you well, I, I I found that in the past. Especially as a child, actually, like building up expectations of things, um, inevitably, inevitably, at, at least creates 
disappointment to some extent or creates like negative negative reactions to things because because an expectation is you building up building up an idea in your mind of something that should happen and if you're excited about something you build up an optimistic picture of it like nervous or anxious or whatever about a particular thing you'll build up uh, a pessimistic picture but then ultimately what you'll be doing is you'll then be comparing reality to the to, to the picture that you've built up in your mind by by not by not having expectations i don't i'm 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 i'm, I'm kind of objectively aware of what i'll be doing on this retreat but i'm not imagining i'm not imagining what it will be like i'm not building up expectations for what will or won't happen or how good it will be and so whatever happens I'm experiencing it as it is, rather than experiencing it as compared to any preconceived notions. I absolutely love your answer. That is spoken as a true master of meditation to go into it with a completely open mind and just experience the experience as for what it is, rather than to try and make it something that's incredible. Oh, fantastic. So um, do, you, do you have anything that you wanted to uh, bring this week that you would any points um i think you mentioned you had a couple of points written down um anything that we didn't cover um no nothing else i think hopefully i'll have, I'll have a lot more insights after <laughs> after after i go to sharpen um maybe 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 i'll have some insights for you maybe i won't but but that that definitely be the time to ask me okay Fantastic. I think um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this discussion. Uh, it's been really interesting to understand more about your experiences with meditation and everything. And um, yeah, just understanding more about this retreat, why you chose it. And uh, sort of, I'm excited to hear about it when you come back. So Anna, as we finish up this podcast, uh, I want to just try and put some good out into the world inspired by the Good Place podcast, where they ask the question, what's good at the end of the podcast? Um, and I really just love that idea for, you know, focusing on, on the good and maybe sharing some things um, from the life or sharing something that you enjoying, anything that uh, can just put some good out into the world. So in the similar kind of vein to that question, what are you grateful for? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for, for a lot of things. I think, I think right now, probably, probably, probably what I'm grateful for is my problems. Um, and that might, that, that might sound, that might sound, uh, that might sound kind of silly, but, um, but, uh, is, uh, I think me and you have spoken about, um, Mas, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs before. And whenever, when, whenever I have a problem in life, or if I'm annoyed about something, or or if uh, if someone's bothering me, I I usually realise that whatever it is, it it's quite high up Maslow's pyramid. Um, and so what I'm really grateful for is that that to me tells me that that my basic needs are taken care of and have been taken care of pretty much my entire life, which is incredible because for most for most of uh, most of humanity's existence. It was it was those lower rungs of the ladder which were really really giving people trouble. So I'm 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 grateful that I'm living at a time that that I I I I wouldn't say I have fewer problems than them, but I I have much 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 better problems than my ancestors. Wow, that's incredible. Um, I really appreciate that answer. Yeah. Um, what about you? What are you grateful for? That's a good question. Right now, I'm just grateful for being in Montreal, honestly. Um, I Just to share a little bit about where I am and what I'm doing, I'm currently in Montreal, traveling around Canada, um, trying to live the digital nomad lifestyle. Um, and I'm just grateful. This morning I woke up and, um, you know, I just woke up like ready to go, you know, at 6.30 with no alarm, just awake. And I was like, all right, time to get out of bed and go um, for a walk. And I just went down to the pier, uh, which is very close to me, the old port. And it was a beautiful sunrise kind of, it wasn't actually sunrise, but it was a little bit after the sun risen, you know, that sort of morning sun um, experience. And uh, I saw somebody there just standing on one of the platforms, um, looking out to the sea, just sort of doing some stretching and yoga. And I was like, wow, that looks amazing. I want to do that too. So I just went and 
um, did the same thing on another platform and just appreciated just stretching uh, in front of the sun and the sea um, or the river in Montreal and just that experience to have some time for myself in the morning because I, I woke up a bit early and I got to just appreciate that time and yeah so really really grateful for Montreal for being really close to the water uh, especially I really love being near the water and I was telling my friend yesterday as well that I really miss sunsets so to wake up this morning and be able to experience kind of the morning sun um, felt really magical to me. Oh, that's, that's absolutely beautiful. Man. Thank you for describing me like that. I feel like uh, I, I feel like I was there, and, and, uh, and as I said, hopefully, hopefully, I will, I will get to experience uh, Canada's beauties next year. Definitely, man. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Anand. Uh, it's been just a real magic experience to do this with you for the first time. Uh, I'm so glad that we finally started this podcast and. Um, yeah, to more to come. So Quantum Buddha, uh, Quantum Dot Buddha, on Instagram um, and YouTube and TikTok, and I will be making a Facebook page soon. 